This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 162. Today we are talking to hot mess Heidi Roby all about how to simplify your life and to be kind to yourself. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. It truly is such a treat to have our friend Heidi Roby on with us today. But before we get to her talking all about how to simplify life, I wanted to talk very quickly about something that has really been helping me the last few months. I was in kind of a rut trying to do some things to just get my health back on track. I had some doctor's appointments and things that told me some things that I needed to really work on personally. And I was talking to some friends about it and they were having the same struggle. And they had just started this thing. I'm going to call it Tackle It Tuesdays, where every Tuesday they hold 100% to their goals and not worry about it the rest of the week. I mean, you try to do a good job, but just no guilt the rest of the week, just tackle it 100% on Tuesdays. And so I joined with them and this was before the holidays. And so we said, okay, I know eating healthy or exercising or meditating or whatever it is that, and we each had different goals, whatever it is that you want to do for your body is always harder during the holidays, but we can do it on Tuesdays. And so we did, and it was been so freeing and so fantastic And I just always felt like Tuesday was a success and it made me want to do a little better the rest of the week. So because we have done such a, had so much success just on Tuesdays, I want to also start having my goals be on Thursdays. And then maybe as we go on and on after a few more months, maybe I'll add in Wednesdays and Mondays and Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays or whatever other days I want to add in. But it just gets me what a little bit better than I would be before. So one day a week adds up through a whole year, right? So anyway, if that is helpful for you, I wanted to just share that little tidbit of success and anyone can do it. You can do anything for a day. I know you can. So whether that be, maybe you want to learn how to play the piano and you know, you don't have a lot of time during the week. You can practice on Mondays, or maybe you want to do um, meditating or you want to do yoga, or you have a certain way that you really need to start eating or maybe exercise. You need, you want to do something a little bit different, whatever it is, read a book. I don't know. You can do it. And I hope that the rest of this episode helps you empower yourself and find ways to simplify and add in the things that really are most important to you. Heidi, or do I need to call you hot mess Heidi? You call me whatever you feel like calling me. I'm good either way. (laughs) I respond to both. Hot mess Heidi Roby on here today. I'm just so pumped. I've been following you, stalking you, whatever you call it on social media for a long time. So it's just so fun for me to actually talk to you and feel like we're meeting in person, even if it's over here on Zoom. So thanks so much for giving us some time. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be here, Hillary. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it a lot. This is just such a treat. So tell us a little bit about your family and then I want to hear all about all the other fun things that you are up to. Sure. Yeah. So I am a stay-at-home mom of two little boys, ages four, almost five, 
breaks my heart. Uh, and then two, and uh, we actually have, I haven't even announced the gender online. So if you're hearing this, you're hearing it first. Uh, we're having a, boy number three is coming in May. So oh, that's exciting. I love it. I have three boys yeah. in a row and I love it. It's so yes, fun. Yes, yeah. So we're excited. Also still trying to process that information. <laughs> I had them triple check. I was like, are you sure that's what you're saying? Can you just go around if you're like, we're pretty sure <laughs> it's a boy. It's, Those it's boys are pretty so. obvious. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to see something that's not there. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a boy. Um, my husband is in dental school and he's been in school other than one quarter, our whole entire marriage. We've been married for seven and a half years. Um, and he's got about a year and a half left of dental school. And then we're planning to pick up our family and move to Utah um, so that he can start his dental career there. And so that I can hopefully have more opportunities for my comedy and motivational speaking career. So that's exciting. Uh, fun fact about me, my family is that Grandpa Beck, who is the creator of Cover Your Assets and Skull King, is actually my dad. So if you look okay. in the Skull King game... <laughs> I love that. And I didn't even know that until after I invited you on. And then I was doing some more digging. I was going to ask him to be on my podcast. Like he's on my list of people that I would love. I love grandpa pet games. We play them all the time. Yeah. Okay. Tell me which one is your favorite game? Because I really wonder what do you, gosh, I mean, I like all of them for different reasons, you know, or for like different groups of people, you know, if I'm playing with like my nieces and nephews, like do nuts about nuts. That one's great with kids. It kind of plays similar to Uno. It's pretty oh, simple. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. We've got uh, that one. Cover, oh, yeah. Cover Your Assets is just like always fun, though. It's you just know? a classic, uh, right? It's a classic. It's really good. Uh, Skull King is my favorite to show people just because all the pirate cards are actually my family members. And so. No uh, way. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at the card that's Winita Jade, like the, the gypsy one with the little crystal ball, that's actually me. And then ah! in the crystal ball, that's my husband. So. <laughs> No way. Okay. I'm never going to look at that game the same. That is so fun. That's actually my favorite. We've done, probably played cover your assets and cover your kingdom the most, just because that's probably the easiest for the ages of our kids most of the time. Yeah. But I love skulking. That one is just really fun, especially when the kids are cooperating. If they're trying to throw the game, then I get really mad because I'm like, oh, you stinkers. No go. Well, I know my dad would love to come on your podcast sometime. And then if you like cover your kingdom, my brother, Jeff actually developed that one and he lives in Utah and he would love to come on your podcast too and chat about game development and oh, he's a popular yeah. in Saratoga Springs. So yeah, they're both great little contact. Okay. I'm going to have to get in touch with all of them. Now I've got the, now I've got the in since you're on you, here. You have the in. You officially <laughs> do. Welcome to the Beck family. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love them so much. And I'll put some links to those games in the show notes too, because they're just so oh, fun. Thanks. Everyone needs to have those. Thanks. They're super fun. Awesome. Okay. So you're a comedian, which is amazing. And a young mom and putting your husband through dental school and all of the things. How did this even happen? How did you become a oh, comedian? Gosh. Like, did you just want this your whole life? I need this story here. Yeah. So this has been a dream of mine for forever. If you would ask me when I was about three or four years old, what I wanted to be in a grip, I would have told you I wanted to be a movie star. I wanted to be an actress. It's what I wanted to do forever, like forever, forever, forever. But, it, but growing up to be a movie star doesn't exactly 
you know, when you're trying to be a responsible adult doesn't sound like a really smart plan or viable or anything like that. Um, and also I grew up um, in South Seattle and kind of in an underserved community and there really wasn't very good programs there. Like, honestly, the drama program was just a bunch of emo kids reading creepy poems. Like, it's like all <laughs> that was offered. there was nothing available. And so I just didn't really have any opportunities growing up to pursue that. Um, but it's just something that I always just felt aching at me. And uh, I went to BYU and my brother, Jeff, the one who developed Cover Your Kingdom was in Laugh Out Loud, their improv group. And I went with him several times and I tried it, but improv is just not my thing. I get, it's too, way too scary for me. I, um, looking back, what I would have loved to have done was divine comedy that became, mm. um, JK studios, studio C because sketch comedy, um, writing comedy skits and acting is definitely, uh, where I feel most passionate. Um, anyway, long story short, I, went through the motions of doing a lot of really mature grown-up things with my life. I got my bachelor's degree. I served a mission. I went to cosmetology school, got my cosmetics license. I became a flight attendant. I did that for three years and then I got married and I needed a way to support my family. So I quit flying and worked as a nanny so we could start our family. And since my husband was in school, it just like, I just always kind of was in this position of I have to be the breadwinner. I can't just do what I want to do. Like, um, and I honestly, I kind of like just resented that a lot for a long time and probably not a great sport about it. Um, but I just had felt this aching, this, this pull that I needed to do this, that I just heavenly father, that God, that he needed me to build a platform to as embarrassing as this is to say out to become kind of famous so that I could make a bigger difference in the world, yeah. you know, so that I could have a greater reach and a greater voice. So, um, in February of 2019, it'll be two years this next month. Uh, I did Anna McFarland. She is um, a social media trainer and she was doing kind of a Guinea pig group for TikTok. And I had thought TikTok was just kind of like this obnoxious app for teenagers who wanted attention, which frankly it is, but <laughs> there was untapped potential there. And, um, I, my sister told me about it. She does all the social media for Grand X games. And she's like, Heidi, this sounds like what you've been talking about. You want to do for forever. And I, I looked up TikTok and I was watching it and I just, it's like, holy cow for probably four years prior to that. I had been writing comedy in my phone all the time, every day, writing down comedy ideas but there wasn't a platform for it. It was like short form comedy, not right for Instagram, not right for YouTube. But I just had felt prompted to prepare for this thing that I didn't know what it was until I found TikTok, which TikTok now has impacted every other kind of social media. Now everything has short form, Instagram, YouTube. Um, but I, it was amazing to me that I felt like God prepared me for this part of my life, even before that platform was available. So I started TikTok in February of 2019, um, kind of immediately went viral and started growing. Um, and it's been a real journey ever since kind of figuring out my, my comedic brand and figuring out how to balance my goals to do comedy, but also to be able to use that comedy and that platform to advocate for better mental health and for, to advocate for more self-kindness, especially among mothers and women. Um, and I still, I'm still figuring it out, but it, uh, 
I think I, we always are, right? Because we always are. Our kids are always growing into new ages. We're going into yeah. new seasons and out of old seasons. And yeah. just once you kind of find that sweet spot, then everything changes again or you move exactly. or it's like, there's always yeah. something, right? Yeah. So I feel like you're never, I feel like I waited for forever saying like, oh, I'm not ready yet. But then finally it was like, I'm never going to be ready. Yeah. You know, nobody's ready to go to the first day of kindergarten. You just got to do it. You know, like it's always going to be a first, it's always going to be uncharted territory. And so I just decided to just, just go for those dreams. I love it. Own my hot mess and be hot mess Heidi and just <laughs> let my freak flag fly, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's been really good. Shortly after starting comedy, I came out publicly about my mental illness. I struggle with depression and anxiety and, um, and it's just opened up so many doors for me to, to help people and to make a difference. And I, I feel like I am really truly on the path to reaching my fullest potential as a human being. So I'm glad. I love that you're sharing that because I think as people would watch just your comedy videos, they would have no clue that that's something that you also struggle with. And I think that that when you, when you do talk about those things, it makes people that are also struggling with that. Okay. I am not the only one that is just this anxious disaster, you know, we you have people that are really successful and doing great things that are also fighting that battle all the time. So I love that you're sharing that. Thanks, Hillary. Thanks. I hope so too. I, I hope that um that as I shared that it is making a difference to people. And one of my biggest wins was after I came out publicly about my mental illness and about my story last year for Mental Health Awareness Week, I did a big IGTV series um just opening up filleting myself, my full story. Um, and someone reached out to me and said that she got her kid in to get some medication and some therapy because of what I had said. And like, to mm-hmm. me, knowing that one person got help because I opened up the most vulnerable parts of my life, really, um, just knowing one person helped, it makes it all worth it. Well, and that just makes you think how many other people were affected by what you said, but yeah. don't actually send you a little message of how much yeah. it helped. I think that's yeah. really cool. I hope so. Okay, so kind of mental health-ish, our little discussion today. Yeah. You know, we're past New Year's, but I think we can always talk about our goals and our dreams because it's oh yeah. I'd love to. So you had this new thing called New Year Rest Olutions, not resolutions. Yeah. Resolutions. Yes, goals to do less, which just sounds so dreamy to me. Because yeah. I feel yes. like I'm maxed out a lot of the time. So we need to hear all about this, how it works, what it is. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So a little background in between Christmas and New Year's, I appeared on good things, Utah. Um, and they asked me to come on for their parenting segment and just share something about parenting. And I just felt really prompted that I need to talk about setting New Year's resolutions from a place of self-kindness instead of from a place of self-criticism. And I was toying around with like different words. And then the word resolution came to me and it was like, oh my gosh, Yes, resolutions. That needs to be a thing that everybody like. I, I never heard to make that. it a thing. You never heard of it before. Is new, is brand new. Spread it like wildfire. Uh resolutions. So simply put, resolutions are goals to do more. Resolutions are goals to do less. Resolutions complicate your life. Resolutions simplify your life. Um typically when we set resolutions, they're coming from uh, a core belief that we are not good enough, but that we will be good enough when we do X, Y, and Z. Um, but a resolution comes from a core belief that we are already good enough, but that we can be 
even better. So it's just a, a much kinder uh, way to approach setting goals for ourselves. I love it. I love it. Okay. So give me an example of how this has helped you in your life. Do you have like a little story that might go with this? For sure. Yeah, for sure. So I would say that the biggest way that this has helped me is with parenting. So as a stay-at-home mom whose husband's really busy with school and who is um, currently pursuing a career and trying to like keep up a social life and take care of my house and take care of my health, all the things. Um, it's extremely overwhelming and mom guilt is no joke. Um, but the benefits of setting a resolution is that it frees up time and energy in your life for the things that are most important to you for relationships, for fun, for relaxation, for hobbies, and for doing the work that's the most important to you. Um, so how I've seen this with my parenting, um, I'll tell you a little bit later about my specific goals for parenting. Um, but as I have done those most important parts of parenting focused on what really matters the most to me and I'm spending quality time with my kids, it has eliminated so much mom guilt for me when I have to go do the dishes, when I have to sit down and work on a project, because I know maybe I'm not giving my kids my whole entire day, but the time that I have given them was so valuable and meaningful, um, that it was a far more effective use of my time than whatever I normally would have been doing with them. I love that it's at that quality time, not just the quantity when your mind might be completely somewhere else. Yeah. More present. I love that. Exactly. Okay. So how do we set a resolution? How do we like go to a place where we're kind and setting this and not like falling into that old pattern of the resolutions? Sure. Well, there's lots of ways that you could do it. Um, for example, you could just set some goals for some shortcuts in life you're going to take. Shortcuts meaning like paper plates, grocery pickup delegating household responsibilities. Um, you can also just physically schedule rest into your life, like write in your planner, 12 o'clock, eat lunch and watch the bachelorette, <laughs> you know, do something. <laughs> I great love help. that. Um, or you can make a list of like the most important things in your life and then identify where the busy work is and just choose to like, let go of that fluff. But if I was going to recommend one way more than any other, this is what I personally am doing. And it is making an immense difference in my life is it's to apply the business principle called the Pareto principle, which is also known as the 80-20 rule. Um, the 80-20 rule, simply put, suggests that 80% of our results in life come really down to the most vital 20% of our work. So that means that you, to apply that, you're gonna choose in each category of your life the 20% of the most vital, important, effective things you could possibly be doing in that category of your life. And then this is where the self-kindness and the resolution comes in is you are going to guilt-free, let go of the other 80%, mm. let go of the busy work, let go of the fluff, the things that are taking up your life that are not really effective, that are not really fulfilling, that really are only giving you 20% of your success and taking up 80% of your life. Yeah, that, that is amazing. Okay. So tell me maybe some of the different roles that you're talking about and give me kind of some examples of things that would kind of fit in those different roles. Sure. Yeah. So to make this happen, I would really recommend making a list of all of the major roles or kind of goal categories in your life. For example, parenting, marriage, housework, mental health, physical health, uh, your career, church, whatever kind of the big pillars of your life are. 
and then going through and choosing no more than two, three, at most four uh, tasks for each one of those things. Things, kind of mini goals or um, kind of, I don't know, work assignments you need to do in each of those categories. Um, and then giving yourself permission once you've done those things to not worry about the rest, to not feel guilty because you didn't do the rest. Um, so some examples, these are my own personal goals um, that I've set. Uh, for parenting, of course, during the day, I'm going to be doing a lot more than this for my kids because I have to, you know, keep them alive and fed and just the basic day to day. But in terms of my parenting relationship with my kids and really that quality time, I have set three things a day that I try to do. Actually, four. Parenting was like the one place where I did four things because it was the most important to me. Right, Ever right. And there's just so many things that really yes, fall in that umbrella. Yes. Right. So the first thing, actually, you know what? It is three. Now that I look at this, it's three. <laughs> the first thing, <laughs> I only set three goals. Ooh, go me. Okay, the first goal I set is that every day I will sit down with my kids and snuggle with them and read stories. Because I think that is such important reading with your kids every day. Two is that we have dinner with their dad every night. Um, and that while we're doing dinner, that we do this little thing called Rose Thorn Bed, where we talk about the best part of our day, the worst part, and what we're excited about. So we have a quality conversation at dinner. And then three is that every day, if at all possible, for 10 minutes, I try to spend one-on-one -on -one time with each kid, which right now makes 20 minutes of one-on-one -on -one time. And I was right, it is four. Because the fourth one <laughs> is that every day <laughs> we try to do um, like a 10 to 20 minute family fun activity every night. Just something more than just sitting and watching a show or watching TikTok. It's like, uh, I actually made like a physical list on our wall of just 10 to 20 minute fun activities, make a fort, do a puppet show, um, have a dance party. Um, and so we try to do like these little pockets of really special quality time with the kids where I'm fully invested, not on my phone, not worrying about other things so that when I have inevitably have to do other things. I don't feel like I haven't connected with my children yeah. all that day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's parenting. I would say that's probably the part of my life that this has helped the very most. And it, it doesn't just make me feel like I feel justified in being a neglectful mom. That's not it. I actually feel like I'm being a lot better mom now because I'm being mindful and actually doing the important parts of parenthood rather than just trying to give my kids whatever leftovers I have after everything yeah. else. Um, I agree. I feel like when I'm the most connected to my family, then I feel a lot better about the other areas of my life. But when oh, I'm yeah. disconnected Perfect. from the family, it just kind of feels like everything is out of whack. Yeah. Cause that's, that should be the foundation. You know, that's next to like faith for me, like my family, like that is my life and everything else is, is sprinkles on top of it. You know, like that is, that's the foundation. That's the important thing. Um, another example, just to kind of give people more ideas. Uh, housework is something where you could spend all day, every day <laughs> yeah. doing cleaning. You could have 30 things just on that list. Oh yeah. my goodness. Right. And it just, it's something that I feel like it's a tidal wave in my life where it just takes over so much. And it's just so overwhelming to me, but obviously it's not the most important thing to me because I care about people in my life and opportunities a lot more than I do about how clean my house is. So I decided and this is going to look different for everyone based on what housework assignments really matter to you. You know, for me, I decided there's really three things that are actually attached to my mental health and that are important to me. One is dishes. Mm -hmm. One is laundry. 
And the other one is having our living space, our like entertaining space, yes. tidy bed. Um, because if I can keep up on dishes, have some clean dishes, some clean laundry, and have a clean place for my kids to play and to entertain people, then if the bathroom doesn't get deep clean for a long time, whatever. You know, if their bedrooms are messy, whatever. You know, if my bed's not made, which literally it never is, whatever. Because that to me is my 20%. And there are not enough hours in the day for me to go deep clean every stinking room in my house every day. It's just not worth it. Well, and then if you do get the toilets clean or you do take out the trash when it's overflowing, then you have bonus points, right? Exactly. It's a total win. Exactly. And then you can just pat yourself yeah. on the back and say, oh, oh yeah. I was so right? good today. Look at exactly. me. I made my bed. I'm fantastic. Right. Exactly. Then you don't have to feel like it's just like another thing. Like, oh, I had to do this. I guess I'm barely surviving. Like you can realize you did the most important things. And then if you have time for things and you want to do them, totally go and do more, yeah. but you can give yourself permission that you don't have to do more. You yeah. did what you had to do. You know, I'm with you. I feel like as long as I'm trying to clean and I involve my kids in some type of cleaning, there's no way my whole house is going to be clean at the same time ever with seven kids. No way. There's just no, no way. It's just there. No. There's, there's too many people and too many, too many things. But if yeah. my downstairs, which is my, like my living area and my kitchen, if that can just be cleaned up then I can totally live with my life it's just fantastic I just love exactly it. you prioritize the places that you're actually in yeah you know and that's, that's where I think the clutter can build up the fastest and so if we can just clean it up once a night at least then yeah. it just feels like okay I can start the day and not be a crazy person it'll get yes. so much better love that oh let go of all of that I love your idea too of just like look at your life. Where could you throw in paper plates versus dishes? Where could you throw in a house cleaner versus clean? You know, if that was something that you had in your budget that you could do, or, you know, anyway, yeah. I think that that, that is something to really look at. Where can I simplify more in my life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need to do an inventory. Let me have a little sit down with myself tonight. <laughs> yeah. You should really like love yourself enough to be like, Hey, there have got to be things I'm doing that honestly, and it's not even so much like that. They're not important per se but that they personally do not fulfill you or bring you joy. Like yeah. for me, there are some things that I'm kind of extra about. Like I'm super extra when it comes to organization. I'm like an organization freak. But the reason for that is because one, I think it's fun. It's a hobby mm -hmm. for me. But two, this is probably the primary reason I have clinical anxiety. And I have learned over the years that one of my biggest anxiety triggers is clutter and disorganization. Mm -hmm. And so it is something that I have chosen to be extra overboard with because it helps me be a happier, healthier person. But there's like a million podcasts and things that'll tell you to make your bed every day. Honestly, to me, I do not care about making my bed. I never have. I don't think I ever will. Cause to me, I'm like, uh, I never see it during the day. And when I do see it, I'm just going to go back in and get back in. <laughs> so to me, this makes no difference in my life. So I'm not going to put that pressure on myself for something that I personally don't care about at all whatsoever. No, I love that. I love that. We just let go of the things that we don't need. I, I kind of no. did that with this podcast this year. Actually, I was just feeling like I had so much work to do and how, what can I do? I've got to scale something back. And then it dawned on me that I could be a monthly podcast. I didn't need to be a weekly mm -hmm. podcast and it's freed up so much stress for me because, oh yeah, then totally. I, you know, just the editing and the show notes and the, but I loved the interviews and it was so super fun and yeah. I love still doing it. I don't want to give it up, but yeah. while my little one is still at home, he doesn't start kindergarten until the fall. 
we can just go monthly. And then I have yeah. so much more time for him. My missionary can come home in a few weeks. My, I've got a high school senior. There's just, our family has a lot of oh, big yeah. things happening this year. And, you know, think looking at it as a season where it's not, doesn't have to be like this forever, but this year we're going monthly and it just has calmed me down so much. It's I just think so that's great. so wise. So wise. My cousin told me something. Her name is Rachel Fordham and she's um, a published author. So uh, like just the most inspirational person ever. She's a foster mom and has her own kids. And oh my goodness. Anyway, when I was asking her, how do you do all of the things that you do? Like, I cannot understand how you have so many children and you're a foster mom and you're a published author and you do all this advocacy. I, I don't understand. And what she told me, she says, I hold on to things loosely. So she's like one year when we had a foster daughter that was, uh, had a lot of extra needs. I didn't write for an entire year and that was okay because my life ebbs and flows and there are seasons, there are times when you can work on things and times when you can't. And if you hold on to things so tightly, one, they can take over your life, but then two, it really takes the joy out of them because Mm -hmm. then it feels like this is not my passion project. This is not something I'm doing to fulfill me, but it becomes something that you have to do and something that wears you down. So hold on to things loosely. I think of that all the time. I love that. And I think that that can really apply to our family traditions sometimes too. I know like we had a sit down about our Christmas traditions and like we do it every year now. We did it one year. I said, what things are we just doing out of tradition and what things do we actually like that are on this list? And there was just a few things on there. They all really wanted to do. And it was just so freeing. And then the next year, some of those things came back and some of those things left and, you know, it would just it's great. So it just depends on the time. And there's some things that I want to hang on to. Like I love to go look at the Christmas lights. So whether yeah. they want to or not, we're doing that one, but oh, you know, I love that. I love that. So good for us. And I think yeah. with any holiday, it doesn't just have to be Christmas. It can be Easter, oh, yeah. whatever oh, yeah. you have coming up, but yeah. we think about Marie Kondo when she's like organizing a space, you pick up every object and you say, does this bring me joy? And you can yeah. do that with your schedule. Like does this thing that I'm doing that I feel like I have to do, or it's a tradition or people on Instagram would expect me to do it. Or my parents expect me to do it. Does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't just don't do it. Yeah. Now there are things like, I don't know, like doing my dishes does doing my dishes in the moment <laughs> bring me joy. No, but does it save me a lot of stress? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. So bringing you joy doesn't just mean that you like doing it, but that the the peace and the joy on the other side of it outweighs the stress of doing it. That's for me, how I have to measure it. Like making my bed. I don't get much of a rush out of that. I don't really care. Yeah. Having an organized house means the world to me. Yeah. I think that's perfectly said. I love that. Okay. What else are you up to? Got anything else going on? Uh, Lots of, lots of big projects in the works right now. Always. I, um, good things, Utah kind of actually offered me kind of a standing invitation to come on their show whenever I'm in town, which is super nice. so, so I am scheduled to go back on in March. Um, I think it's March 23rd. I'm going on that Wednesday and I'm going to be talking about Rose Thorn bud, the dinner conversation. Okay. Day I, I love one. Rose Thorn bud. That's oh, going to be the so greatest, great. right? It's, it is the greatest. It's I the think best. one of these single best parenting tools in the whole entire world, because it normalizes and kind of like turns into a fun game, having open communication with your kids and your spouse so that 
when they're getting bullied at school or when they're starting to have depressive thoughts, like that it doesn't feel weird to them to talk to you about those hard, heavy things. Cause every day they're telling you what made them happy, what made them sad and what they're looking forward to. So it's yes. awesome. I, I love that. And I love the quality conversation at the dinner table. Cause I don't know about you. Maybe your kids are just little still, but with having three teenage boys in my house, the dinner conversation can get a little wild and rowdy. It's like, okay, we don't want to talk about bodily functions. We don't want to talk about oh, yeah. making weird noises at the table or bothering our no. sister or whatever. Oh else. yeah. It's just well, so even great. Like creating conversation period. Cause sometimes yeah. it's just like, sometimes it's quiet. Well, my house is hard yeah. to quiet, but yeah. <laughs> well, like some, people are just like, some people's homes are. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, just shoveling down food, trying to get on back to your video game or whatever you're doing. Like yeah. it's important to take that time and dedicate yes. that time. So I'm going to talk about that on good things Utah next time. That's uh, I starting in September, I started hosting networking events for uh, influencers and small business owners based out of Utah, only for females, just ladies only. So been doing a lot of work with that. I've hosted two events so far, planning on hosting more, just trying to create a community of boss mamas who are trying to do all the things, you know? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think that's so great. These, we all need this, that support. Yeah. We're all trying to do all of the things all of the time. All of, the things, all of them all the time. And it is, it is overwhelming, but I would say to myself, what I'm going to say to all of you who are listening And that is to please, please, please be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. and be gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. and literally treat yourself the way that you would treat a friend. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be ragging on your friends. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't get all this stuff done today. And blah, blah, blah. If your friend's having a hard day, you're going to sit there with them. You're going to give them a bag of chocolate, put on some show on Netflix and say like, here, take a break. And you need to advocate for yourself too. It's important and it's okay. And it's needed to do the same kind things for yourself that you would do for someone else. That is the biggest message that I love from your Instagram. And that's what I take away the most. And that's why I wanted you on here because I think it's so important. And we do just beat ourselves up sometimes. And for what, you know, there's none of those thoughts are going to serve you. I love this. Okay. Where can we find you? We got to tell everybody where you're at, where they can watch your fun things and your mental health stuff that I wish we could like talk for another hour and get into all of that. Gosh. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, my main AKA most successful platform is definitely TikTok. I not to toot my own horn, but I passed half a million followers back in December, which was a really big deal. Amazing. I'm so so happy for you. That is really exciting. That was very exciting for me. So, um, and that's on TikTok, that's hot mess Heidi. Um, and then on Instagram, which is probably where most of you who are listening are going to look me up. It's hot mess Heidi Roby, um, R O B E Y at the end. Uh, and then if you're just on Facebook and not on Instagram, I do have a Facebook page. However, for some reason, my reels don't really get posted there. So there's only kind of my photo content on Facebook, but that the page is hot mess Heidi. So you can look that up as well. Okay. Awesome. Was there anything else you wanted to share? Um, just like I said, just be kind to yourself. You're already enough. You're already good enough. You don't have to prove it to anyone. Just, just be nice to yourself. You deserve it. You know, okay. Do you have a few minutes for our three helpful and happy questions? Or sure. Yeah. Bring okay. it on. All right. So I love to do these because my, the helping of happiness blog family recipes and family travel and then kind of home family hacks so we could have your take on all these things so 
first one is what is your favorite food or meal? Well, I didn't realize this is supposed to be like a home thing. My favorite food is the Cafe Rio sweet pork salad. It's my favorite. Oh, yes. I love that. I just love it so much. I just, yeah, yeah, I'm not like a health nut, but I just love to eat a good yummy salad. I just love it. It's so, it's just my favorite thing. It just genuinely is. I just love it. So, but I do do a lot of bag salads and then I'll like chop up like chicken patties or something on them or like chicken nuggets, (laughs) whatever I'm cooking for my kids. No, one of those tricks is the Chick-fil-A is to get the nuggets and then get the side salad. So then you can be a little smart, smart, so smart, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I would say just any sort of yummy salad is my jam. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love salads. We'll have to, we'll have to link up some of the ones that we have on our blog on the show notes. Okay. Best trip you've ever gone on or dream vacation. Oh gosh. I don't know if I can like nail it down to like one trip that was like my best ever, but my favorite way to travel, me and my husband, we love cruises. We love them (sighs) so much. Like I, like I told my husband just like yesterday, I was like, when we have the time and the finances available. I never want to go a full year without a cruise ever because just like, they're just our favorite. You go on board and everything's taken care of. And then like, you don't have to worry about like penny pinchings. You're like, whatever. I already paid for all of it. It's all yes. good. It's just, no, it is so, so nice. Where's, where's yeah. your, do you have a favorite cruise line or favorite place that you guys have gone to? Oh gosh, we've tried. I mean, I think I've been on like five or six cruises maybe. So I've done a lot of different cruise lines. Um, I've done Alaska twice just cause it's out of mm. Seattle, which is where I live. So it's easy access, you know? Um, but I mean, I've, I've done, um, the Caribbean, uh, where else have I done Mexico? I think I can't remember one that I actually really loved is you can get repositioning cruises for pretty darn cheap where they just move you from one place to the other. There's not really even any stops. It's just so you can play on the cruise ship, which is all we care about. Anyway. I've never even heard about this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband and I, for our baby moon with our first kid, this was, I mean, this deck doesn't seem like it was like a big deal vacation, but for me, it was just so special because it was so, it was just so me, you know, like, even though it wasn't like this mind blowing vacation. So we took a, a cruise from Vancouver, BC down to LA. Um, so for like three nights, we we're just on the ship, just playing, having fun. They dropped us off in LA and then we spent a few days in LA, um, doing, we did a studio tour, um, oh, for, fun. for me, who is obsessed with film mm-hmm. and it's always dreamed, always dreamed of being an actress and a comedian, like getting to like be on a film sets. Like that's like my new favorite thing in the whole world is I want to see all the film sets and like all the behind the scenes. Cause that to me is like the most magical thing in the whole world. That is super cool. Oh, I love how you tailor it to you too. That makes it even more special. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Okay. Last one. Do you have a home or family hack for us? I mean, you kind of gave us a lot, really. (laughs) Sure. I would say uh, one of my favorite hacks, you know, I was going to give you like a a meal prepping hack, which is just that I meal prep breakfast foods, like pancakes and French toast, like oh. mass, mass quantities of them. And then I freeze them. But I just thought of something that I think is even better. Uh, and this is a hack for if you have a kid or multiple in my case who take forever eating dinner and don't want to do it. And then it drags on for five yes. years is I will get storybooks and I will read one page every time they take a bite. And then if they want me to turn the page and keep reading, they have to take another bite. And I mean, my kid will finish his dinner in five minutes flat just because he wants to listen. So, and then <laughs> when you do bedtime, uh, your stories are already done, already did it. So you've already read. Faster, got your kid to eat. 
Bada bing, bada boom. <sighs> that is a really good hack. I'm really yeah. glad you brought that up. I think we're going to yeah. start using that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, Heidi, this has just been such a treat all around. I could just talk I to just you all love day. It. Hillary, you are just a gem and I am excited to connect with you again in the future. I think you're just so cute. It's going to be so fun. Thank you, Heidi. You're welcome. You have a great day. Thank you so much for listening today. I was so excited to hear that Heidi's favorite food was salads that I got 25 of our favorite salad recipes together for you. And it's called our salad index and I put it in our resource library and our resource library is completely free. If you are a subscriber to our newsletter, then you get the password to get into that library. So if, and if you're not getting our newsletter, well, you should sign right up because you can access our library, which has so many different things like our, our cookie catalogs, our Thanksgiving dinner recipes, our Christmas stuff, our Easter things, any of our chore charts or free printables that we have, we just throw in that library so it's a little bit more organized for you to just access anytime. Also, we send you, you know, just little updates every so often. It's not always weekly. Sometimes it's more monthly in the newsletter of just kind of things that might be happening with helping of happiness that you might be interested in or might be helpful for you and your family. So just go to our show notes and you can find the link for that. And come see us at helpingofhappiness.com for any recipe ideas that you might want or travel tips or home hacks and of course where it houses our podcast archives so we just are so grateful for your support and that you stick with us every month have a great great day